you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Several called and texted and said, Pastor, what are we going to do? Are we going to be able to have service? And some concerned with the sickness, some concerned with the, the roads. And of course, we're concerned with all of those things, and everybody has to do what they feel is best for them. I said, you know what? I want to be in church. It may feel like two or three gathered in the house of the Lord, but he said he would be in the midst. So here we are today. I'm glad you're here. God bless you. Thank you for putting forth the effort to be here. I pray that the Holy Ghost touches your life this morning, that God strengthens you, supplies your need. If you have your Bible today and would like to turn with me, I'm going to read one verse from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And it's so familiar that you perhaps would be able to quote it when I begin it. I want to use this as a springboard into what I feel the Lord would have me say to the church today. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 1, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. There is a season for everything. For the help of the Lord this morning, I am going to speak to you on this subject, a season for sowing, a season for sowing. Lord, help me this morning to preach what you have put in my heart. Lord, I pray against any distractions. I pray against, Lord, the will of the flesh, the temptations of the flesh today. I pray, God, that your spirit and your power meets with us. Lord, that you strengthen us by your power and your might, that the word of God accomplishes the purpose for which you were sending it. We honor you. We lift you up. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated today.
maybe the reason there are those seasons when it seems like you are pressed into a place or God is causing you to stay where you are. You don't want to stay. You feel stuck. You feel stuck in a situation, stuck in a season, stuck in a dilemma, stuck with sickness. Maybe it's because that God is refusing to shout and compete with all of the noises that is in your life. Maybe he's trying to isolate you and get you alone with him, just you and God, so that he can talk to you and have a conversation with you. How many of you know that prayer is not monologue? If we do all the talking and don't take time to let God speak back, then it's monologue. But when we speak and we pause, God will speak back. This is part of the reason why we are entering into this season of prayer and fasting. The first 48 that we have been promoting, we have promoted online last Sunday. And we have been promoting the first 48, the first 48 days of this year as being a season that we are setting aside for prayer, for, pa for fasting, for Bible reading, and Bible study. We're promoting spiritual growth, commitments, asking God what we need to do, the adjustments that we need to make in our own personal lives so that He would be able to grow and develop something in us. This could be part of God's design for us personally or part of His design for the church, specifically for every one of us. He could have allowed this previous and present season of COVID and frustration to slow us down and cause us to pray more and to pay more attention to the moment. There are times when God maneuvers us away from the crowds and the entanglements of life. He moves us away from our daily grind and arrests us for a time so that we can hear his still, small voice. I feel like that the Lord dealt with me in my study and preparation for this message this morning, and I feel like God would have me to tell somebody today that in the darkest moments of famine comes the whisper of God's word that can lead you to a place of his divine destiny. The things that perhaps you feel that you have lost by being faithful do not compare for, to what the God has for you when you emerge from this season of famine. 
I've heard from the Lord and I, I promise you the roar of the crowd will never be more powerful than the whisper of God. Sometimes not rolling with the crowd seems lonely, but God is wanting some alone time with you and I. It's up to us. He's given us opportunity. The only time that I can find in Scripture where the Lord promised to give a hundredfold return on the harvest was when he told Isaac to stay put. He told him, don't go down to Egypt. And he told him to plant in the land where you are in, in the midst of a time of drought and famine. You can read in your Bibles in this account in Genesis chapter 26. The Bible says that there was famine in the land. Throughout study, you'll understand the famine was a product of a severe drought that had taken over the land. And the Lord appeared unto him and he said, don't go down to Egypt, but dwell in the land that I have told you of. He said, stay, use the King James Version, uses the word sojourn. In other words, stay put, stay in the land. And the Lord said two things to him. He said, I will be with you. And then he said, I will bless you. Then if you read on down in the 26th chapter of the book of Genesis, the Bible just all of a sudden inadvertently makes a statement about what Isaac did when he remained in the land. He didn't just stay and stay put. But the Bible said in verse 12 that Isaac sowed in the land. I want you to say that with me, Isaac sowed in the land. He didn't just stay and wait for God to magically feed him and feed his family. But while he was in the midst of drought, while he was in the midst of a dry season, while he was going through some difficult days in his life, the Bible said that Isaac made the decision and he sowed in the land. And the Bible said he received the same year a hundredfold. That means that every seed that he put in the ground, a hundred percent, he reaped a harvest from it. If he put it in the ground, God blessed it and he received a harvest. I believe the amount of seed that we put in the ground over these first 48 days of this year will determine the outcome of our harvest. I intend to start this year off by putting some seed in the ground. Not just any seed, but the right seed for this season. Stay with me this morning. If you plant the wrong seed in the wrong season, the seed will never produce. Some of us have the right season, but we have the wrong seed for the season. Some of us have the right seed, but we have the wrong season. Here's what I'm trying to tell you this morning. This is why we need to seek the Lord. We need the right seed for this season that we are in. 
Come on, somebody, let me tell you today, the world is in a mess, but the right seed still has the promise of producing a harvest. If we get the right seed in the ground for this season, there is going to be a harvest. We handed out certificates this morning. We rejoiced with those that were baptized, been part of Bible study groups. I'm going to tell you in a recent article that I just read said that the denominational world of Christianity in North America is in rapid decline. Churches are closing. Pastors are changing professions because there is becoming a need, that uh, no need for them because church doors are closing. People are walking away from the church. People are not attending church. People are not seeking God. Christianity as a whole seems to be on a decline, but in the middle of that decline, this last year in 2021, in 52 weeks, we baptized 52 souls in Jesus' name. That is the second highest number of baptisms for this church since I have been the pastor for 18 years. It's not accolades to me, but it is a sign that some people in this church are planning in the middle of a drought, in the middle while the world is in chaos. We're saying keep on planting, and if we plant, God will give a harvest. We need the right seed for this season. The world's in a mess, but the right seed will produce a harvest. Listen, the difference between being buried and being planted is what is inside the seed. If you want to reap a harvest, you got to sow good seed. The enemy may have pushed some of you down, and you may feel like that the enemy has pushed you in the ground in 2021. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. If life went into the ground, life is going to come out of the ground. Mm-hmm. See, here's what you've got to understand about good seed. Good seed is not dead. You can open up some seed, look at them, and think these things aren't alive. I need to do something so they become alive. But here's the thing. That seed has potential for life within it, but it has to be planted. When you plant a good seed, it's going to to receive a good harvest. And here's what I believe. Some of us have been sowing good seed in the middle of of a spiritual drought that is happening all around us. It is impossible for us to receive receive a harvest and to reap a harvest unless we have seed in the ground. The Lord said to Isaac, go and stay in the land. And Isaac could have sit on the sideline and he could have said, God, here's what we need you to do. God, we want you to give us a harvest. I want you to feed my family. I want you to feed my soul. I want you to feed my spirit. It's like some folks saying, I just don't understand it. I'm kind of disengaged right now. I'm kind of disenfranchised. I'm disengaged with the church. I'm disengaged with God. I'm disengaged spiritually, and I don't understand what's going on in my life. I'm going to tell you what's going on in your life. You cannot expect to reap a harvest if you are not putting seed in the ground. Oh, but pastor, look around you and look at the condition of the world. 
look where we are. Look what I've been going through. Look at the trouble in my life. Look at the, 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 all the things that I have been through and all of the places that I have walked and all that I have gone through. Pastor, what are you doing? Here's what God said, Isaac. You could leave and you could go to Egypt and you may be able to find food there. But the Lord said, if you will stay right where I have put you, I will give you a blessing and I will bless everything that you do. Isaac took God serious. And instead of just saying, God, I want to wake up in the morning and all the blessings of God just be poured out upon me. Isaac planted a seed in the middle of a time when people thought there's no way to have a harvest. It's drought. The land is barren. The land is dry. Nobody else is planting seed. But if you want to reap a harvest, you've got to plant a seed in the season. If you're going to reap a harvest in due season. Oh, somebody give the Lord praise this morning. I had someone tell me a few days ago, God's blessed our family. Blessed us beyond measure, they said. We didn't even know where it was coming from. And there were blessings that just showed up in our life. We prayed simple prayers and God gave us big answers. And I don't know, and I, I, I said to them, that sounds just like God. But you know why that those blessings came? You know why the harvest of a blessing came? Because when you were walking through dark times and sad times and difficult days, you kept on being faithful. You kept on keeping on. You kept working. You kept praying. You kept laboring. You kept being faithful. I have a feeling that the family, that, that, that some of us, that our family that we've been praying for, that if we'll just keep on sowing good seed, that they are going to be blessed because of our faithfulness. Read through the scripture. God's faithfulness always shows up in time of famine. Even though it seemed impossible, God did exactly what he had said and he blessed Isaac greater than he had ever been blessed. God said, if you're willing to stay in this land, I will be with you and I will bless you. I will give, here's what he said, I will give the fulfillment of the promise that I made to your father Abraham. Watch this now. God said to Isaac, if you will stay in the land, I'm going to stay with you. And I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to give you. Everybody say give you. He said, I'm going to give you the fulfillment of what I promised Abraham. Isaac obeyed the voice of God. He remained in the, in the land. This wasn't the land of promise. As a matter of fact, this was the land of the Philistines. This was the land of giants. It wasn't his land, but it was where God said, I want you to stay here. And if you stay, I will be with you. 
But then Isaac did something that made no sense to the natural. The Bible said, then Isaac sowed in that land. He sowed in a land when nobody else was sowing. He sowed in a land in a time of famine. He sowed in a land in time of drought. I'm sure people misunderstood him. Maybe they mocked him, laughed at him as they watched him out working a field and there's nothing but dust behind the plow. In the natural, it would be impossible for Isaac to reap a harvest in such conditions. Why would Isaac sow in that land when nobody else was sowing in it? Isaac sowed because he had a promise from God. God promised to be with him and God promised to bless him. I wish I could relay this clearer than what I'm able to do it with my vocabulary to you today. I want you to know that you're not out of the will of God, although it may seem like you're walking through a dry season in your life. God is right in the middle of what you are doing and where you are, and the Lord is saying, don't walk out now, don't go back now, stay where you are, and I'm going to be with you, I'm going to bless you but I'm going to watch and see what you're going to do during this season of drought. And if some of you will make up your mind that I'm going to begin to plant some seed, I'm looking around and nobody understands me, but I'm going to start sowing in the middle of a famine. If Isaac hadn't sowed, he would never have reaped. You cannot reap what you do not sow. It's the law of sowing and reaping. I can hear people asking, why are you sowing that seed? Don't you know we're in the midst of drought? Don't you know that we're in a time of famine? The land is dry and parched. Nobody's sowing because it's impossible to reap a harvest in conditions such as this. In spite of what all of those people may have said, in spite of the famine and in spite of the fact that in the natural it was impossible to reap a harvest, still Isaac sowed in that land. God never told Isaac to sow. God just told Isaac to stay. Sometimes the test is I'm going to see what you're going to do with the opportunities that I'm giving you. God said, you stay, I'll be with you, and I'm going to bless you. I, 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 sp I could speak this to the church. I don't have to be a prophet to tell you. I've got enough scripture. I could walk through this scripture with you and show you where he says, I'm never going to leave you, never going to forsake you. I'm going to be with you over and over and over and over and over again. God promises he's going to be with you. He promises he's going to bless you. He says, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly father know how to give good gifts to his? He, God, God, there's promises of blessings all through the scripture. And, and God says, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to bless you. That promise is for us. It's for the New Testament church. 
And then we get in seasons when we're wondering, is, does God know where we are? Everybody's getting sick again. My, everybody, we're, you know, I, we're, we're struggling right now. We're, we're dealing with financial chaos. We're dealing with, with physical chaos. We're dealing with political chaos. My Lord, what? Hey, this is trying times. The world, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. And then the Lord is just saying, settle down and stay where I planted you and I will be with you and I'm going to be watching what you do while you stay. Do you have the faith enough in the Word of God to get up every morning and say, I'm going back to sowing. I'm going back to prayer. I'm going back to Bible reading. I'm going to keep faithful in my fasting. I'm going to stay faithful to what God is saying because if I do, I can reap a harvest. pastored long enough. I've watched some of our members remain faithful during hard times. Bless others when they are in need themselves. But what I've noticed is that God always comes through. Isaac sowed in the midst of famine. He sowed during a time when nobody else would think of sowing. In the natural, what Isaac did looked foolish. But notice what happened after he sowed seed. Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. It's the only time in scripture that there is a mention of there being a hundredfold harvest. Matter of fact, the Bible talks about sowing seed. It says something's going to fall on, on, on stony ground. It's going to... It's gonna, some's gonna fall on shallow ground, and, and, and then there's some that's gonna fall on good ground. Then it also talks about what you're putting in, the amount you're putting in to what you're going to get out. And it said some, some 30, some 60, and some, and some are going to reap a hundred. Some are gonna reap 30, some 60, some 90. But here the Bible says that Isaac received a hundred. And so this is interesting to me uh, at how he received a hundredfold. No, no, no farmer. We would all go in the farming business if, if we reaped a hundredfold. If everything we touched truly did turn to gold. If every seed we put in the ground really did produce, we, we would all go in the business. Remember, he reaped this harvest of a hundredfold when the ground did not look like that it would be able to sustain the seed. He didn't this this is a miracle of epic proportions because this this incredible harvest that he received, he received in the middle of a drought, in the middle of a time when when it didn't make any sense to plant such a harvest. Uh, but I, I need to add a little twist to 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 Isaac's harvest. Could it be that that Isaac himself uh, had something to do with the harvest that he was able to, to, to receive. Watch with me now as I approach the conclusion of this idea that I'm bringing to you this morning. Could it, could it be that Isaac d chose, uh, we already see and I've already pointed, that Isaac chose not to, uh, to just sit around and, and, and say, well, the blessings of the Lord are here and I'm just waiting for the promise. I'm waiting for the inheritance of Abraham. If the inheritance of Abraham is going to come to me, I'm going to 
to just sit here and I'm going to drink my Starbucks and I'm going to just wait it out for the blessings of the Lord to come. I, I'm, I'm going to sit here. The, the pastor said I'm going to be blessed this week. If I, if I give, I'm going to just sit home and wait for my check to show up in the mail. Well, I'm going to tell you what I've learned in my short time of living. The best way to ensure the check is going to be in the mail is while you're waiting to get up and do some working. Because the Lord will bless your efforts and bless what you do. Isaac didn't say, well, the Lord promised to be with me if I stayed. All I got to do is stay. I'm going to get my fishing pole and I'm just going to sit out here and fish and enjoy a little life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down to the putting greens and I'm just going to putt a while because the Lord promised uh, all the blessings of Abraham are going to be mine. But he understood how God works in his own economy. God promised promised him, but then God said, I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to make you. I'm not going to give a commandment to you. I just want to see what you are going to do with what I've blessed you with. Isaac, I'm waking you up this morning. Isaac gets up and he says, you know what? I'm not going to waste the day. I'm not going to squander the day, but I'm going to work today. And the Bible said he planted in the middle of harvest. Look at your neighbor and tell him he worked. Now, I remember in this that perhaps Isaac now had more to do with this harvest than only the planting of seed. Now stay with me for just a few more moments and we'll go home. But everybody seems to be waiting for God to, to, to drop a miracle in their hand. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We're living in a season when everybody's just saying, I, I just want my miracle. I, I, I don't want the commitment. I just want the miracle. I, I, I want the blessings of God, but I don't want the commitment of the Word of God. Come on somebody. I'm preaching to you this morning that we've got to become faithful. We've got to not become weary in well-doing, but we will reap if we faint not. That means we're going to be working while we are waiting. Everybody is waiting for God to drop the blessing and the miracle in their hand. Could it be that God is waiting for you and I to do what nobody else is doing? There's one thing that I noticed about Isaac in the scripture. He, he was always digging wells, digging out wells and, and having his servants dig out wells. Have you ever noticed that in the scripture it's Isaac he's the one digging wells and he's digging out wells and he's having his servants dig out wells. Obviously there was no rain. That's what was causing the famine. They were in drought. Uh, so I have asked the Lord, Lord did you did you cause it to rain on, on Isaac's crops only and nowhere else? Did, did, did you just I've heard of that happening. I, I, I've heard of people praying and the Lord just sending a rain right in a specific region. And, and I've, I've heard of it happening in my lifetime. I've heard, I've never seen it, but I've heard about it. I've, uh, my dad talks about it. I, I, I've, I've heard those stories. And I asked the Lord, Lord, did you allow it to rain on Isaac's crop and nowhere else uh, over and over again so that this, this could grow in the middle of a famine, in the middle of a drought? Or did you miraculously cause the crops to, to, to grow without any rain at all? God, what, to explain to me, I, I know the Lord is perfectly capable of 
doing any kind of miracle that he chooses. How many of you know that's right? God is able to, to do whatever he chooses. He can speak and it will come to pass. God can do whatever God wants to do. He is God. I, I know he's able to do that. Uh, but the silence in the word of God regarding how these crops grew became almost deafening. The word is, is not usually very timid in telling us about the miracles of God. As a matter of fact, the scripture is normally very bold and says things like Aaron's rod budded. It said the, 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 the axe head floated. The, the, the river becomes blood. Uh, but regarding Isaac's bumper crop, the scripture doesn't say exactly what happened. It just tells us in Genesis 26 and 12 that Isaac sowed in the land, received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. It doesn't give us a clue as to how this miracle crop grew during a time of famine. Uh, one day, uh, the Holy Ghost, I believe, drew my attention to many occurrences in the book of Genesis concerning Isaac and the digging out of wells. Do you see where we're going with this now? Because it was Isaac in Genesis 26, 18 that the Bible said, and Isaac digged again the wells of water, and Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. In, in verses 21 and 22, the Bible said, and they digged another well and he removed from thence and digged another well. In verse 25, the Bible said he built an altar. He called on the name of the Lord. He pitched his tent there, and Isaac's servant, you, you got it right, his servants dug another well. Then in the 32nd verse, he says, and it came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him concerning the well that they had digged and said unto them, we have found water. I, I, I didn't know what to make of this for a while and then suddenly I thought, could it be that Isaac's seeds produce crop during a drought because Isaac introduced the new idea to the land from the Philistines. He began to irrigate his crops from the water that came from the well that he dug in the middle of a drought. That's why we're not told how the Lord performed the miracle. Because it was not a miracle in the sense of a supernatural invention into the, into the natural laws of the earth where God calls crops to grow without water or God calls rain to fall in only a small area although God could have certainly done that if it had been his desire but God rather said if you want it I'm going to make it available to you but if you really want it I'm talking about all of the promises that I gave to your grandfather and all the 
promises that I gave, that I gave to your Father, every promise that you have, every promise that I've made, it belongs to you. If you'll stay, I'll bless it. But God had enough confidence in Isaac to know that he was going to be faithful. You know how he knew? Because his father Abraham was the father of the faithful. He knew he was going to be faithful in everything God is saying. I'm trying you to see what you're going to do in 2022. You just came through 2021 and I was watching you and if you sowed in 2021 I'm not leaving you in 2022. Keep putting seed in the ground. Keep digging wells. Keep digging out the old wells because there's water there that's going to cause you to reap a harvest. Then it's going to be blessed in measure that you never thought possible. Somebody get on your feet this morning and give God a shout of praise because he has promised you he will be with you if you will be faithful if you will sow, if you will dig wells, if you will dig out the old wells, he's saying, I'll give you a blessing in this season. Oh, somebody give God praise from your heart. Woo! I don't know about you, but I'm ready to go after the harvest. Our best days are not behind us. If you want to harvest, you gotta you gotta sow in a dry season. You want to harvest, we gotta dig wells in a dry season. You want to harvest, some of us need to go back to some of those old wells that our parents and grandparents may have dug. Say, I'm going back. I'm cleaning out the well. The enemy threw bricks and mud and dirt in the well, but I'm going to clean that old well out. The enemy has been coming along trying to fill up the well that was flowing fresh with water not long ago. The enemy's trying to destroy and spoil and poison the well, but the Lord is saying, go dig out that well. Go get that water flowing because I've got a harvest for you in this season. The man of God, Elisha, tells the people, dig out, dig the valley full of ditches. Once again, it was a drought. Once again, it was famine. But Elisha said, the Lord is going to fill them with water. Child of God, your labor, your work, your faithfulness, it hasn't gone unnoticed with God. But the sowing that you do now, the labor that you put in now, the faithfulness now. Some of you may have felt like, well, I tried to get started on this fast. Let me just talk to you. The devil's fought me this week. My Lord, have mercy. Am I by myself up here? The devil has fought me this week. We started our fast on Monday. We started the 40-day fast on Monday, and the devil has come against me in every way possible. He has come against my flesh. He's come against my mind. He's come against my spirit. He's come against my home. He's tried to fill my heart with doubt. He's tried tried to put fear back in me that God gave us the victory over. 
He's fought every way possible. But I've made up my mind. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying. I'm not running. When I've done everything I know to do, I'm just going to stand. And if you give me an opportunity, I'm going to put some seed in the ground. And you give me another opportunity, I'm going to dig out the well and I'm going to start watering what I planted. It doesn't matter what the rest of the world is going to do. I'm believing for a harvest. The enemy may be fighting you. Get back on board. You may have felt like you fell off the wagon. Get back on. Come on, get back on board. Get back in, in the middle of what God is doing in your life. God has promised you, you stick it out, I'll stick it out with you. You stay with me, I'll bless you. I will be with you. I'm going to open these altars today. Some of you have been praying for your children and family to be saved. It's a season for sowing. Pastor, they show no sign of it. Just keep on sowing. Just keep on carrying water. You want to see your family blessed? It's a season for sowing. Just keep on carrying water. Just keep on sowing in the land. Just keep being faithful. Anybody in this room today believing that your best days are still ahead of you? I know this is the first Sunday morning of 22 for us because we canceled last week, but here we are. I dare you to walk to the front of this room and send the devil to flight today and say, I'm not going anywhere. I'm in the race. I'm staying in the fight. I'm going to keep sowing in the dry season. I'm going to keep planting. I'm going to keep carrying water. I'm going to keep the faith because God has promised to be with me. Come on, let's give God praise all over this room. as I will be with you. God never promised that you were going to just wake up one morning. He just said, I'm going to bless what you do. If you're able to make that commitment, here's what the scripture said, now unto him 
who is able to keep that, that he, God, is able to keep that which we have committed unto him against that day. The issue is not with God's ability to be able to keep. The issue is our ability to be able to commit because commitment means trust. And if we will trust God and commit it to God, then God is able to fulfill his promise and his word through us. I don't know what it is this morning, but right where you are, just stop the music just for a moment and all over the room together, I want everybody just with your voice being all that we hear, I want you to begin to tell God the things, Lord, that this year I am committing to you. I'm going to commit my prayer life to you. I'm going to commit fasting to you. I'm going to commit faithfulness to you. I'm committing my finances to you. I'm going to, come on, whatever it is, I want you to commit it unto the Lord. Come on, we'll come back and worship here again in just a moment. But right now, just with your voice, I want you to lift up your voice and begin to speak to the Lord and let him know, God, this is what I'm committing. Your word says that if I will commit it, if I will plan it, Lord, you're going to bless it. You're going to, I'm going to reap a harvest from it. Come on, make that commitment to the Lord right now. All over this building, in the name of Jesus, every person that is committing or recommitting what they are going to do in 2022, God, I pray for a harvest to come forth. Lord, I'm praying that you begin to give, you begin to restore, you begin to refresh. Come on, lift up your voice all over this building right now. Somebody ought to pray in the Holy Ghost right now right now. In the name of Jesus, God, there's going to be a harvest. There is going to be a harvest. We're going to reap. It's going to come. Your word said we will reap if we faint not. In the middle of this season, God, we're trusting you. We're standing on your word. Come on, give the Lord high praise in this house right now. He's hearing your prayer. He's hearing what you're saying. He's heard you. He's going to be with you. He's going to be faithful to you. Come on, lift your voice unto him right now. Lift your voice to him right now. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. How many of you know that if you have a job to do, that it is easier if you have somebody to help you do that? 
I don't like working by myself. You know why? Because I've learned that if I can team up with somebody and have somebody with me, we're going to get, we're not just going to get double done. We're going to get, there's going to be a, there's a multiplication that happens when we come together in agreement. What you need to do is you need to find somebody that you can covenant with and say, hey, we're going to hold one another accountable. This first 48 is going to be a day that we are going to, we're, it's going to be some trying times, but we're going to get through this in the first 48 because what we do in the first 48 is planting the seed for what God is going to do in the next better than 300 days of the year. Come on, that's why this is important. Why don't you reach over to a brother or a sister, connect together with them and pray for them and let them know I'm praying for you, I'm with you, I'm for you. We're going to do this together. We're going to plant together. We're going to work together. We're going to fast and pray together. Come on, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. God's going to help us. We're going to do it. And God's going to give us a harvest. So 